0: My business partner Jay and I refer to the fear, which actually comes from fear and loathing in Las Vegas. There's one point in which they're talking, they're so deep that they talk about the fear. <laughs> and occasionally you can look over and you can spot that person that's going a little heavy on the hot sauce and they've got yep. the fear. You can see it in their eyes. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, K.
1: Johns used to do the execution station. No. Oh, somebody- yeah. Yeah. Right. So him and Vic, and uh, they put us one year, I forget what event it was. It might have been New York. We were like, a table past the execution station. So people were just getting through that and wow. then come to our table. And I saw the look in their eye and the <laughs> look on their face and the sweat coming down. Yeah, Their face was red as my shirt. They were like crying.
2: There, there's <laughs> had, nothing worse the than hand. trying to like get flavor to somebody after yeah. they've experienced that. You're like, you're like, you're done. You're lost.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was like, just, just come back in an hour or tomorrow <laughs> it's mainly about yeah. providing emotional support at that point
3: welcome to flavor balance heat the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers i'm spike and i'm claire i'm tim with Palm and Acre and california hot sauce solutions standing in for zach Here we go. Who's <laughs> up doing thanksgiving stuff and today we're speaking with John Socelli from Jersey Barnfire. Hi, John. Hey,
1: how you doing? you guys doing?
3: Very good. Hey. Thank you very much. Very so why don't we just start out just right out of the gate. Tell us about your hot sauce history, what you got into spicy foods and brought you into the hot sauce industry.
1: Right, well, my uh, if my folks were around to hear this, they would not be very pleased with what I'm about to tell you. But uh, there were growing up in an Italian household. Everyone thought I had like all the best food growing up, and it was always like kind of pretty bland, and you know, very unlike most other Italian families I knew. And I always kind of wanted more out of food, and I always knew there was something more, you know, some better food out there that you know could be offered. So fast forward. You know, I ended up taking a job at a country club and ended up at the groundskeeper's end of summer party with a couple of the other caddy guys. And they were all of Latin American descent. They had their cool little powwow going, you know, on the side from all the other, you know, whiter than white folk eating hot dogs and burgers. They were doing like chilies and chicken on this grill. And it was wild. And we ended up eating with them. And I had never even... I may have had like, you know, Taco Bell, but I never really had much in the way of interesting food at that point yet. And we ate all kinds of good stuff and I just kept, you know, give me this, give me that. They kept trying to like, you know, feed us jalapenos stuffed with whatever and, you know, see if we cry or, and it was the most delicious food I ever had. So that started the fire for me to want to explore into different realms of not just, you know, spaghetti and meatballs or chicken parm or, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs, like to get into some really cool food with some flavor and some heat. And, you know, that's kind of where it started, was in the parking lot of a country club <laughs> eating jalapenos.
3: That's awesome. So now oh, I heard delicious. you say you're a, a pastry chef or, or were sure a pastry am. chef. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Nice. I actually years. I was recently at a country club. I've been a pastry chef for about 24 years. And it just, you know, it's not a very sustainable way of life. It's, you know, a lot of missed, you know, family events, holidays, weekends, evenings, you're working every time everyone else is doing something. And when you're off, nobody wants to hang out because they're all doing something else. So I pivoted and I got out of the you know, full-time craziness of the restaurant industry and followed a teaching gig. So right now I'm teaching pastry and baking at Sussex County Culinary Institute in New, New Jersey. Cool. And I, I love it. I that
3: and oh, wow.
1: make hot sauce, having nights, weekends, and very flexible days, I can make sauce and then go to events and sell it and work both of those angles and, and make it work.
3: That's amazing. Nice. yeah i love that so what like like, a full schedule
1: yeah oh yeah oh it's definitely busy and every minute of every day i'm pretty much doing something or other which is why when i get time to sit on my ass i usually just conk out yeah Um, but i love what i do i i'm not i'm busy but i'm not crazy stress busy like i was working in a country club or a catering facility making like five or six wedding cakes a week and buffets of a thousand people and things like that, you know, and still at the time trying to make hot sauce. So my business partner, Austin, I've known him since we were teenagers. And for a while, everybody thought, no, nobody even knew who I was because I wasn't anywhere he was. So he did all the events was, you know, the guy out there at all the festivals and doing all the shows. And I was cooking on Mondays and Tuesdays when my, off days were now we get to do it more together and really get to go out there and have a lot more fun with it than it used to be very divided you know
3: awesome california hot sauce solutions owned by tim palman and jay roby is a nexus point hot sauce energy in north county san diego and it's the home base for tim's brand palman acre as well as jay's small batch and a host of spinoff collaborations as a co-packer California Hot Sauce Solutions is the muscle and machinery behind many of your favorite West Coast hot sauce brands. You can find Palm & and Jay Smallbatch at CaliforniaHotSauceSolutions.com or stop by their brick-and-mortar shop in Oceanside, California to sample hot sauces from the entire California Hot Sauce Solutions family. So now what started it all up? What brought you well, to that, starting the business?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, Austin and I, we knew known each other since we were teenagers And, you know, life happens, things got in the way, you know, he you know, work schedules and whatnot. I worked nights and weekends. He worked daytimes during the week and, you know, some time had passed and we ended up reconnecting and he was growing peppers, growing tomatoes, you know, had a a bit of a green thumb, you know, was growing a lot of stuff in his garden. And I had started screwing around with a hot sauce because since that day when, you know, back at the country club, but when, you know, we had that, you know, my first taste i had been screwing around with some sauce recipes just to try and make a little of my own, you know, for fun, nothing really, you know, to write home about, but it got to a point where I started really seeking out hot sauce and not just like Tabasco or, you know, that vinegary stuff. That's really not, you know, what I was into. And I started seeking out like what was whatever craft hot sauce was around and pfft, I don't know, like, late mid to, like, mid-90s. Oh, wow. Whole, now there's, like, so much, you know. fact yeah, right?
2: yeah. Dave's Insanity?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was Dave's, it was Blair's, it was, you know, a bunch yep. of, like, offbeat stuff, you know, the gimmicky stuff. But, like, yeah, the donkey yeah. shooting flames out its Just, ass, yeah. you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and, yeah, we, you know, I would go to these, this, uh, this one hot sauce shop in particular in New Hope, Pennsylvania. It was called Susie Hot Susie. Susie's Hot Shop, I think it was. Um, No, Susie Hot Sauce. That was what it's it's called. Susie's Hot Shop now. It's still around, different owner. But this dude ran this shop. He got all these sauces from all over the country. And I was maybe about an hour after me. And I would go there like on the regular and just try hot sauces. Everything was screaming hot, or it had, you know, it did no flavor, or it tasted okay, but it wasn't hot enough. And that's when I started kind of messing around with my own, to sort of you know find that happy medium, so I didn't have to like mix a whole lot of stuff together. And yeah, that's kind of what ended up you know bringing bringing that full circle. So when Austin and I reconnected after some time, you know we both had families this and that, and uh, I was like, hey man, let's let's do this. Let's you know we'll take all them peppers. He was making salsa, and he's like, I don't know what to do with all these peppers, these plants they just keep producing i have you know i said all right man let's uh let's let's make some hot sauce so he had his garden garden you know produce his peppers tomatoes whatever else and we started bottling sauce and giving it away as gifts and next thing you know people were coming back with money how can i can i get a couple more can i oh, how much for a bottle three bottles and uh, that just kind of snowballed we went to our first farmers market and Sold out, and the rest is history.
0: Awesome! What That's year fantastic. was the, oh? Go ahead. What year was that first farmers market?
1: Uh, that was 2013, I believe, winter of 2013, yeah, right on. just before the holidays that year. So you know, people were looking to give like people gifts, and so we didn't have labels on the bottles. We didn't even know what to call <laughs> each, other. or literally, just you know, the the name just sort of came from all right, we need to put something on this. We need to identify ourselves, you know, and Jersey Barnfire just came out of like the area in New Jersey where we created the concept, the things that were around. We just, you know, just kept drinking, you know, beer after beer. And the ideas started flowing. We're just like spitballing back and forth, you know, uh, words, you know, what do we have around here? Horses, barns, farms, uh, think of fiery things, fire, devil, blah, blah, blah. And then the words jersey and barn fire just came out one after the other. And we were just like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, what? And we're like, that's it. And then, uh, then it was born. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a great name and a great time to get started, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I uh, see so you got a bottle over there on your shelf there, Claire. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, when we,
2: we were both at the New England uh, show and we traded and I think we, I think we got a couple and, and I saw this one in the back of my cabinet and I was like, well, I'm going to bring this one down. So
1: oh, I love that That, That's that was really fun. good. Yeah. I love that one. Yes. I actually used your uh, parsnip and onion on my Thanksgiving table. So uh,
2: awesome. You know, we just want a SCOBY. Yeah. SCOBY for that one. For that parsnip oh, onion. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
4: Very cool.
3: I'm looking forward to trying your ketchup. I like the uh, I t- you're the only other hot sauce maker that I've seen yet that has a ketchup like us. We have one too. Oh, very cool. We should Yeah, be- yeah absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk after definitely cuz I I think right. that'd be great. Yeah, so speaking of, what do you think are the elements of a great sauce?
1: I would say unique, versatile flavor combos, balance of heat and flavor, that's paramount if you're going for you know, it, you have to be able to taste what's there if it's too hot and you can't taste it. I mean, I know there's people that have way better, like way like more insane heat tolerance than I do. You know, the hottest sauce we make is probably someone else's lower end sauce. But for my threshold, you know, I try, I try to keep it where my palate's at, where I can, you know, where you can taste it. But it still has satisfying heat. You know, I tend not to make stuff that I can't handle. That may change moving down the line. The tolerance gets better and better, you know, as we, you know, have evolved. But I just want it to be enjoyable and, you know, have that like that depth and that complexity that, you know, that you just keep wanting more. And you're not like, damn, that's too hot. I'm done. You know.
0: Yeah. What what level do you tend to tap out on? The
1: hottest I've ever consumed up until recently was i I think I bit like, uh, no, I think, I, uh, I ate a whole ghost pepper and I was like hurting real bad. Fresh uh, <laughs> and <or> dry. <laughs> bad. Yeah. Austin and I actually did it simultaneously. We uh, were growing some, uh, we had a patch of land that we were growing some peppers on in New Jersey and uh, we had gotten some seeds and grouped a ton of stuff. We had like at one point, I think eight or 900 plants in the ground and uh, everything from like Scotch bonnets, Primos and scorpions and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, yeah. We each ate a ghost pepper. This was maybe like a couple of years after we started and we were just dying, running around like, and now, I I mean, I recently got slipped a Mickey and somebody gave me some of the last dab and I thought I was going to puke.
5: It is really, freaking hot.
1: (laughs) I know that's the (laughs) point, but like, good Lord. I was, I I finally discovered the sensation of the cap cramps that everybody talks about. Oh
0: yeah. 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 I don't
5: like. No that need at for all.
0: that. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No, it's miserable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I would. My, I wouldn't recommend that. My business that partner, you. my business partner Jay and I refer to the fear, which actually comes from fear and loathing in Las Vegas. There's one point in which they're talk. They're so deep <laughs> that they talk about the fear, <laughs> and occasionally you can look over and you can spot that person that's going a little heavy on the hot sauce, oh, and they've got yeah. the fear. You can see it in their eyes. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, K. Johns used to do the execution station. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So him and Vic and uh, they put us one year. I forget what event it was. It might have been New York. We were like a table past the execution station. So people were just getting through that and then come (laughs) our table. And I saw the look in their eye and the look (laughs) on their face and the sweat coming down. Yeah. Their face was red as my shirt. They were, like, crying.
2: They there's nothing worse the than fear. trying to, like, get flavor to somebody after yeah. they've experienced that. You're oh, like, yeah. you're, you're done. You're lost.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was like,
0: just just come back in an hour
1: or tomorrow.
0: <laughs> it's mainly about yeah. providing emotional support at that point. You know, <laughs> yeah. The like, milk. come back to normal in, like, three, <laughs> the four the days. Don't worry about yeah. it, man. Oh, We've man. got
3: counselors available. <laughs> Don't
0: worry what happens to your pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old fire hose. Ooh, mercy. Oh. <laughs> thing
1: we we would have just been our sauce would have been like freaking tap water for them. You know? yeah right Ryan,
3: i feel the same way we're in idaho uh and although we have chili heads here it's they're few and far between so it's like we you know we're going to cater to our audience for the most part uh we've got a couple of hotter ones but nothing nothing too crazy
2: Well, and, and also, you know, people always talk big game about the, the really spicy ones, but they put a dot here and a dot there. Like when you do the table sauces, that's when people finish them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If somebody, a bottle, I want them to blow through it in like maybe a week or two weeks and not keep it for like, you know, when they're, you know, get their beer balls on and they want to compete with their.
2: And and when they finish it quickly, they feel like they like it better. Yeah. so that's i mean that's exactly what you want they're like oh my god i finished that so fast i have to go get another versus like that's been yeah. in my fridge forever
3: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we do a, a pumpkin reaper sauce once a year and we had toyed with the idea of doing it more because it was popular but i noticed that people would come to me the next year and say i just finished that bottle from last year and i'm like
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not yeah. gonna
3: i'm not gonna do this more <laughs> we actually need yeah. Drew
1: back a little on our seasonal sauces. We used to make like 100 gallons of it. You know, we do a strawberry, any fruit that grows in New Jersey. So we got strawberry, a peach, and an apple. We just did the apple one recently. We still got some peach hanging around, but we just, I want to keep it at a limited amount. It's good for the season. You know, it'll maybe last us through February, March, you know, and then that's it. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. And then it's wait, wait till strawberry time. Cause you know, it's also, it, it gives it that, that seasonality that like, you know, you shouldn't be able to access it all year round because it is special to that time of year, you know?
3: Yeah. We did our first seasonal peach this year and I love it. It's my all-time favorite hot sauce. And my wife and I were like talking about how I need to make some for myself. And I said, nah, you know what? I just want to wait for it till next year, till it comes out. And I can, I'll be excited like our, our fans, you know? absolutely yeah uh, well do you have yeah. any go-to's you know uh recipe wise any things any trends things that you do you know your are the, the way you start things like that
1: well uh, i'll tell you one thing truffle ain't one of them
3: t- i will say that, tim's
0: that, got a pretty good truffle one. Oh yeah yeah,
3: yeah.
0: no it's a morel it's a morel <laughs> sauce which is just, just a Ooh. touch of truffle
3: yeah. I tend to uh, not go overboard
0: on truffle as well. Same thing.
3: Well, that's what I meant Is it, it's got, it's what is it called? The hint? No. Oh, what's the,
0: it the, su- the subtle teas.
3: Yeah, the subtle teas. That has yeah, truffle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, just uh, just a hint,
0: hint of white truffle in there
3: yeah. to provide
0: just a subtle tease. Just a, just a pinch, a tickle. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, we had no idea what we were, you know, when we first started, I'd been working in the restaurant industry and I'd been doing these events for this organization in New Jersey called the Food Shed Alliance. And what they do is raise money through these farm to fork dinners, utilizing, you know, local chefs, donate their time and feature farms on the menu. So, you know, say it'd be like Eight or nine of us, it'd be like pretty in- involved, you know, and maybe eight or nine of us, we'd each get paired with a farm to, or even a couple of farms each to use their produce, their meats, their dairy, their eggs, whatever in dishes throughout the whole menu. And everything was local, very, very, you know, tight radius sourced. And we would, you know, uh, we'd, we'd raise money for sustainable agriculture in New Jersey through these dinners. And uh, it was actually through one of the other chefs in one of these dinners that he was using this wonderful stuff called black garlic. And yeah, this this was in maybe, Oh boy. I had first seen black garlic in 2010 at a restaurant in New York city that I was apprenticing at. Didn't really think anything of it. I tried it. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I never saw it again until probably about 2014 at my first farm to fork dinner. The same people the organizer of this event was the same person who gave us our very first farmer's market table to show, you know, to see that if we could sell our hot sauce to the public, because, you know, your buddies will always tell you, oh, that's nice. Yeah, It's cool. I'll buy a couple bottles, but we want to see how we go, you know, to the masses. And it, it, you know, went very well, but it was also because of this organization that kind of gave us that little boot in the ass to get out to the farmer's market and try in a real environment, you know? But so I saw this black garlic and I'm like, oh, you know, and the, the comp was, was pretty close by. So we were like, I'm like, I reached out to him. I'm like, Hey, uh, let me, let send me some of that stuff. I want to try it in something. And were like, all right. So we got the stuff and actually we were making a batch of our original Jersey barn fire, which has kind of been on the shelf for a minute. Cause you know, it's not as, you know, it's fantastic and shiny and sparkly some of the newer creations we've made. But it was the first one, ultimately. But so we're making this original Jersey Barn Fire Sauce and uh, we got this black garlic in the mail and decided to throw a handful into the original sauce and see how it would taste. And it was freaking amazing. It was off the chain. We were like, "Who why hasn't anyone used this before? We didn't realize we were the first company that ever put black garlic in a hot sauce. Oh, wow. And, uh, nice. Yeah, we, had, we had no idea. And we just, it just fell on my lap at that moment. We, you know, one thing led to another, we tried it, we sent it out to, you know, some people to taste it. And that's what actually catapulted our, the fire to really get the business legit. Cause you know, we were kind of, you know, we were, I guess uh, we were doing it in a commercial kitchen, but I guess according to FDA standards, we were bathtub gin, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So we got legit. We fixed out the right way to do things and went through the whole process, which I'm sure you all know is a bit of (laughs) a bit tedious. And, and that was the, the original and the black garlic were the first two hot sauces we officially put out there. And that's what catapulted things. And we got a screaming maybe the first year we were in the New York city expo for that. And it just kept. Wow. But yeah, in a way of other like trendy stuff, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I do like truffle in some, you know, in in, in the right places and in the right amounts because it can be really aggressive, you know, like like rocket fuel if you overdo it, you know. Uh, I would say in 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 a lot of ways, I've seen people uh, trend wise like seem to be gravitating towards hotter stuff, so especially with. You know, newer and hotter peppers coming out and things like that. I do find that a lot of people, a lot of people have asked us, dude, make, make hotter stuff. We love the Indian summer. We love the black garlic, make it hotter. I was like, well, I I don't really care for it, but you know, maybe uh, who knows? We'll see. But also one cool thing that I'm seeing a lot too, and that I really think is great that a lot of people are doing is a lot of ethnicities are because, are being represented you know, you've got people doing like a lot more like Asian sauces. Like uh, what is it? Uh, Bayou Gotham's got the Zing Dynasty. It's like a dumpling sauce with Sichuan habanero. It's really nice. Mikey V's got the Moroccan sauce. I forget what it's called. think Moroccan madness. It's delicious. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Yeah. I tried it in New York City this year. Uh, you got the Seed Ranch. got this Nash Soul thing. It's like a, hot sh- a yeah. Nashville hot sauce. Yeah,
2: I've got that one.
1: With the, soul, with the <clears throat> gochujang. And that's really not a really cool take on that our Indian summer that was completely out of left field we had it was a you know Caribbean scotch bonnet with a Carolina barbecue twist and that ended up being sort of representing a uh, a unique hybrid I love to mash things up and that was my mentality in the restaurant industry too Uh, different types of familiar things but with a unique twist so or taking two familiar items and combining them in ways other people haven't before. And that's kind of, I took that way of thinking into hot sauce.
3: That's great. So Sounds fun. what are your, some of your favorite sauces of your own? And maybe an example, and you don't have to, but if you have an example of a couple of recipes that just didn't make it for whatever reason, things, ideas that either you never brought out or you brought out and just didn't make it.
1: Honestly, my favorite sauce is our smoke Ghost Taco. And I love that more than any other sauce we make. I mean, everybody seems to love the Indian Summer. They love the black garlic. That taco sauce for me, I would forsake all, all the others. Sorry, guys, for <laughs> that. Like, I literally got it in my glove box, in my backpack, in my hell, if I had a purse. i put it in that too. My wife's got one in her purse though. Nice. <laughs> it's funny because when we first met, she was like, I don't really do heat, you know, before she, like we really got into what each other did when we first started, like met and started dating. I'm like, oh, damn. I'm like, yeah, I own a hot sauce company. Give <laughs> yeah, mean, it you a bit just, of time
0: and everybody catches up, you know, it just just takes a little bit of uh, association yeah. and you start to become immune to
1: it. Oh, yeah. Well, it was it was just going to enough restaurants and like Mexican restaurants, places that made, you know, have this like just two bit one note vinegary crap that they're giving you and you know we were on a date one time and uh, the food is very good but the the house made hot sauce was just tar- terrible it's like they put water in tabasco and maybe like a pinch of- i was like i can't do i can't do so it do you mind if i go do you mind if i go out to my car and she was like yeah sure go ahead and I came back with the ghost taco and I'm dumping it all over everything. And she's like, looking at me and I'm like, you can have some, you know? And she's like, okay. And I, I said, just try a little. I put it on her food and she tried it. it was like, wow, that's good. And now she keeps a bottle on her at all times. She's got like her entire office hooked on it or her CEO buys Jersey Barnfire by the case. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. It's like she's becoming like a low-level hot sauce dealer. <laughs> you know? It's it's great because she's like behind it and it means a lot to me, you know, because she also, also like comes to a lot of the events and helps, you know, helps me. And we do, you know, I mean, hey, you know, it's cool when you love doing stuff with somebody else, you know, you know, when Austin can't make it or whatever, you know, she's right there with me and, and she can sling, man. She can sling. She can talk it up. She knows everything
3: about it, you know. That's great. I, I know my wife is very active in our in our business, and uh, I don't know about Tim, but I know Claire. Your husband's pretty active too, isn't he?
2: No, no, he actually hates being part of it. Really, he, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he <laughs> enjoys selling it occasionally. So, like, yeah. we'll do events. He likes that. Like, he likes a really crowded events where he can just get lost in the selling and the people and all of that. But generally speaking, he. He gets more annoyed at my business than actually. Uh, Well, he just
3: likes the sauces then is what it is.
2: Oh, yeah. No, he's a huge, he's the chili head between the two of us.
3: (laughs) Okay. All right. That's what I
0: misunderstood. (laughs) On my side, I I have to give credit because when I was contemplating leaving my nine to five to go do something else, my wife was right there beside me and said, yeah, you absolutely should go do something else. (laughs) And so she really really pushed me to, to do what I'm doing. And for the first couple of years, she and I were the ones that were in the kitchen you know, a few times a week running 20, 30 gallons of hot sauce. And she was right there chopping onions. But it it reached a point at which she said, eh, you know, hey, good luck with this. You're doing great. Keep going. <laughs> but you really got to find some other help. So yeah. yeah. And then she did run markets for a while, too. I got to give her credit on that. That's nice. good.
2: Nice.
3: My wife still helps us with yeah. market. She didn't for about two weeks and ended up back there helping us with market. And yeah, so it's. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's great when you
1: have that support, in, you know, in your in your family, and also like you know, I couldn't really ask for a better business partner than than Austin. I mean, we've legit been friends since we were you know probably sixteen, and we were both like probably the two least likely to succeed at much in life, <laughs> and you know, we we somehow managed to do something something very uh, cool and productive. And uh, honestly, he was the best man at my wedding. I just got married back in September. And uh,
2: congratulations. Oh, congratulations.
3: That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: And I'll tell you, you know, his, his speech, man, he, I mean, a boy can talk, but, yo, know, what he said, it just, it, it really like hit me right here. You know, I was like, dude, you know, <laughs> it, he's my brother from another mother, you know, and uh, I know a lot of folks that's, uh, you know, I mean, I, no matter what, you're going to have your, you know, misses and your, you know, disagreements and this and that, things get a little you know, up and down. I mean, running a business is no easy task. Every headache is yours to bear. You don't got no one else to pass it on to, you know, but I don't think either of us, either of us could do it ourselves. And it's cool that we can count on each other like that, you know? That's yeah. I have, a different
0: take on, I have a different take on that as well, which is uh, any of the problems that we face, they are our problems. We're not out there banging our heads against the wall for somebody else. You know, yeah. all, all yeah. of us have done, yeah. you know, to some degree, oh, the yeah. problems and the, the stresses and everything else that we face. They are hours to face sure. and hours to overcome. So, I actually yeah. take that as as the opportunity. I love that yeah. about the business. Yeah. You know, I'll agree
1: there. It's so much more worth it when you're doing it for you than you know ha- than you know shouldering someone else's freaking headaches. Exactly. Yes. It's, it's been interesting
2: work. for me to uh, to train my managers on how to because it is for me it's the same thing any problem that comes up I just have to fix it it's my problem I'm gonna I I have to there's no there's no other nobody else to hand it off on but when I have managers they you know they have a choice they could leave at any moment (laughs) and figuring out how to make sure that they stay motivated and interested and you know want to solve the problems as much as I do so it's an interesting problem to have
3: Yes. yes, understood. Yeah, it's a lot of people don't know that we've got five owners actually because I we are two companies that came together. And but it me and one of my other business partner, Kevin, I get to bounce things off of him a lot. And he's been in business in the restaurant business for a long time as an owner. And it's really nice to have that other you know he's got the business side behind him so if i'm lost on something i can bounce something off of him and get he doesn't he tries to make me do things which is good because it keeps me you know taking a step further but also i just i need that outside voice just some am i going in the right direction what do you think you know yeah
5: yeah
1: 100 honestly like when we, you know, when, when we're like trying to figure something out, like the one thing that I'll overlook is the one thing he'll see, yeah, yeah, you know, way mm-hmm. around. So we kind of, if my head's up my ass or in the clouds or wherever you want to look at it, you know, and vice versa, like we're there to kind of pull each other back down and ground it, you know, and kind of, you know, keep things moving forward and keep things straight. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely good that we're not exactly the same type of person because that that little bit of contrast helps us reel each other in when we need to be you know
5: yeah
3: flavor balance heat the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers is brought to you by irish spikes unique hot sauces and vandal pepper sauces i'm spike the owner and executive saucier our sauces are handmade in the pacific northwest using the best possible ingredient we believe that hot sauce equates to a balance of sensational heat coupled with a robust and complex Flavor profile. Live your hottest life with Irish Spikes. Irish Spikes Unique hot sauces and Vandal Pepper Sauces are available at saucecoke.com So what are your favorite sauces that are not yours? Your favorites and your least. And you you can call somebody out as having not having a good sauce, or you you don't have to either. However, you want to do that. We're not into like trashing people, but if you want to, we you, right. you know. Uh sometimes people do deserve it if it's a you know, a really crappy sauce
1: honestly the stuff that i don't like is just that one note vinegary watery three ingredient freaking you know bullshit that's out there you know i mean it has its place i know when i first my first hot sauce was probably tabasco or one of the very you know various cayenne pepper sauces of that nature and yeah i was just like wow i liked it i like the heat, but there's no complexity. So something that's just like flat with, I mean, I've never really had anybody's sauce that I could say, I'm just like, oh, this is garbage. You know, this is straight freaking trash. You know, I just, I like what I like and I create what I like, which is why I do what I do. At the time, there was nothing else out there that I had found that I really enjoyed. So I wanted to, you know, make what I felt was missing at least for me. And it ended up, you know, a lot of folks got behind it. So that was really cool. You know, I've got, I mean, because one cool thing is we branched out into co-packing. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but in Jersey, it's, there's not a whole lot going on in our area that's, you know, attainable for newer companies like we were when we started to get sauce made, you know, that wasn't going to completely break your bank account or have to mortgage your house to do it. So we started helping other smaller companies out. Um, it literally just happened by people, you know, hey, I can't make a batch. Can you do do one for me? Whatever we figured out we had to do to make it happen. And then, boom, we started. There was probably just not to go off on too much of a tangent here. We will have made our, I believe, our 50th hot sauce come the end of this year. Uh, and only 14 of them are ours. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But So we've got to try. And develop recipes for and make sauces from a whole bunch of different other companies that vary tremendously. So it's been really cool doing that to be able to try all these different brands and, you know, help them grow while we're growing. And Just get a really, you know, great idea as to what else is out there. Uh, We've, I've tried all kinds of stuff, you know. I just, I don't like anything like, yeah, that one note, vinegary, watery stuff or anything that's too hot where you just can't taste the flavor. And I I want something that I'm going to enjoy, not experience cap cramps or extreme discomfort (laughs) from and use liberally. You know, I I don't like to just put a drop. I like my stuff swimming in a lot of cases, you know. Yeah. In Jersey, we got this thing. Oh, It's like, you know, you guys have heard of poutine, right? You know, poutine. My my husband's
2: Quebecois,
1: so. Bingo. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I had never, like, I grew up in, in northern New Jersey and there was this, you know, thing. Not only the pork roll Taylor ham business, but the cheese fries with gravy. And every time you'd be out in the middle of the night after drinking your face off and you, want, you go to the diner, you get cheese fries or gravy and drown it back with some coffee. And it's essentially just Jersey diner poutine. So instead of cheese curds and French fries or potatoes of any kind, whatever, it was just like melted mozzarella cheese, brown gravy on top of fries. And it was like the best freaking thing. Swimming in brown gravy. Yeah. And so I like my stuff. If I'm gonna put sauce on a meal, I'm freaking dumping a half a bottle on it. I I want to to be very well incorporated. Yeah. So having to put like a drop or two because it's too hot, it's not enough sauce for me. So So, is there uh,
3: somebody else's that you like that you really like, like another sauce maker that you just tend that you jive with?
1: I I think uh, I definitely dig what uh, what's it? uh, it, uh, Dragon's Blood Elixir. I actually have a bottle. Right here. I just got this at the New York City Expo. It's buckwheat jalapeno honey. I mean, this dude definitely makes some really cool sauces with some really unique flavor profiles. And he's like, real low-key, doesn't have this crazy fancy setup. Any of y'all familiar with him? No. Dragon's Blood Elixir. Check, check that guy out. I'm
3: looking it up right um, now.
1: Very, very, very cool stuff. He's in Connecticut. Uses all, like, you know, a lot of, you know, farm driven stuff you know local products in his area and lots of cool flavor combinations that are not stupid hot like a man after my own heart definitely dig what that guy's doing i love what let's see hell's kitchen ron menon's a really good uh, friend of ours and we've done some work with him before and he's a great friend and you know he was uh, someone that we got to befriend like kind of early on and we've, we've both seen a lot of growth out of each other and, you know, really cool dude and make some, again, some great flavor combinations and some cool sauces. I'm hoping I think to all- get him on
3: the podcast sometime soon. We tried to match it up and we kept running into some roadblocks. So I'm hoping to get him on. Right on. Yeah. I think also Angry Goats got a lot of cool stuff too.
1: Yeah. They just, yeah, keep pumping out sauce after sauce, really, you know cool, unique stuff. And they're also very sustainable driven. They use a lot of farm produce and their sauces. And, you know, I, I can get behind that totally, you know, I mean, Jersey's the garden state. So as much as we tend to be known for other things like how, how, you know, nasty it is around the airport or, you know, the Jersey Shore show or the Sopranos or whatever, the farm aspect, the farmland aspect of New Jersey is way beyond what most people would probably imagine goes down in in the in New Jersey. So I wouldn't have even realized it myself until I moved further out west. And it's like, oh, there are farms. And in the south and west, western New Jersey, it's just, it's so much farmland. It's so much more of the state than people think. So yeah. why not yeah. into that? You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, using using local produce is just, it, it, it's taking what somebody else has produced and made really delicious and then just kind of not oh, cooking it. it up. That's great.
3: Bingo. So Desert Island Hot Sauce, since we've talked about some of your favorites, did you read the, the uh, or let me read it to you just so we give you the parameters. Your Desert Island Hot Sauce, you're on a cruise ship, you were sunk. And you're the sole survivor stranded on a desert island. There's tons of amazing food from the ship. It's all washes ashore. You can eat anything you want, but the ship carried only one sauce, an entire pallet. What do you want it to be? It can't be yours, and it can't be any of ours. Man, you know,
1: if the movie Castaway would have had a completely different turnaround had it went this way. Oh, man. One sauce. Now, you know, I know it can't be mine, but for the record it would be the Smoko's <laughs> taco sauce. <that> I, make. <laughs> I get it. About 1000%. I, I honestly, I, I I can't really even think of anything else I would want more. And that's putting me in a bit of a predicament here. Cause <laughs> you know why I like
3: that question? Because it's, it. it first of all, it, the idea is to highlight a bunch of different sauce companies. But also, I like the question because it's the sauce that can be used on the most things. It's the most, It has the most breadth for use. Yeah. And, and by not making it ours, because we're automatically going to have the one that we put on everything, of course, by not making it ours, it makes us think about all the other sauces that are out there and kind of go for that.
1: I I honestly, I really tried to think about this and my brain just kept cock blocking me. (laughs) I totally get it.
3: You know, I'm going to tell you that I, mind changed recently and Claire, I'm breaking the rules just to let you know that the, the cilantro onion, my God, I mean, Talk about pouring it all over everything. That sauce was yeah. gone faster than any sauce I've ever had.
2: Oh, that's gone. awesome. Thank, the you. Sauce? Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, the cilantro onion. It's one <laughs> yeah. of our originals. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Beautiful sauce. And how you put that together, I mean, just it's just a beautiful sauce. It's it's really well, nice the, simple. That's
2: that really shines like the smoked onion. It really shines those walla walla onions. I just I adore those onions. They are so sweet. And and just from a use perspective, you guys should all appreciate they're like this big. They're yeah. they're this big and they're not a storage onion. So if we get them like right at the beginning of the season, they have no skin. So we get these like pound and a half onions with like no skin on them. We just we oh. cut off the tops and we stick them in the freezer and and use them year round. I love them. We've and, got and uh, the flavors, for us fantastic.
3: plans to use those in a sauce because we've got a pretty big following that. So uh, they're only a couple hours from us. And so we've got a pretty big yeah. following there. And uh, so we have plans to create one. I'm going to do a smoked onion of some sort.
2: Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. And technically we're not supposed to call them walla wallas, but they're the same thing. Elsa Craig is the, yeah. they're not called when they're not well walla wallas, but walla walla is just easier to remember and more fun to say.
1: So yeah. 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 yeah I like that. <laughs> All yeah, right. No, honestly. Oh, yeah, we've uh, we got into we got ourselves a, a vacuum sealer, and that's been great because all these farm fresh peppers and things that we've been getting, uh-huh. we can uh, seal them up and freeze them, and not have to worry about the frostbite and the uh, junk getting to them. And uh, yeah, we've been you know at the end of the season, especially getting like so much stuff, and uh, to be able to use it all year round is has been great. You know, our uh, yeah. freezer is filled to the gills right now. <laughs> so
2: I I have a tip. So we we have a two thousand square foot freezer. We freeze everything. And yeah. and you don't have to worry as much about frostbite as you would think that you should have to worry about frostbite. I have discovered it through mishap that basically all the damage that happens from free- from frostbite, from freezer burn and on peppers and onions and stuff like that actually just concentrates the flavor and makes it better. It, it is really, yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised at how much I've like, I've dug out some old peppers that like 40 plus years old that moved with us, that got warm and then cool. And I mean, not, not melted warm, but, you know, just went through all the changes and, and, and they, you know, to just sit there and eat it is not delicious. Blend it into a sauce and the flavor is concentrated down. It's really good. And so easy to store. You really just, the, we don't vacuum seal anything.
1: That's, that's good to know. Cause uh, I was yeah. under the impression cause yeah, working in food service, they, you know, they yeah. preach a, a vacuum sealers and whatnot so yeah we thought we we're you know we're doing a you know a service and to this stuff here
2: <laughs> i do find though freezing them as whole as possible makes a big difference yeah. the more cell walls that you break the more flavor yeah. that's just going to get lost into the freezer yeah, we,
1: we uh-huh. typically just destem them and throw them yeah. in back and freeze them mm-hmm. the yeah. one thing to do is like say if we don't have time to run the vac machine say we just got too much dang stuff we just batch it out like per batch and these you know like a lexan or whatever those big uh, rectangular deep containers will batch mm-hmm. it out. This amount goes for one batch of this, and it's like you just label it, and then boom, you just pull that one out, and you're not thawing stuff you don't need. It's like just yeah. all batch ready to go.
3: Yep, yep. So yep. what's your what's your favorite
1: pepper? Uh, my favorite pepper? I, I I tend to gravitate towards habaneros. I mean, they're just so versatile. The flavor's so bright. My wimp can handle them. But no, I mean, I just, I love the the uh you know i just just love the whole their whole makeup you know the depending on where you get them from we've had ones from different farms that vary slightly and you know some will be really like citrusy and bright you'll get notes of like almost like grapefruit or orange out of them yeah yeah. Um, you know, depending on the heat level, but that, that brightness is what really, uh, you know, really, really works for me. Like uh, the majority of our sauces do have habaneros in there somewhere.
2: Do, do you get well, into yeah, so, habanero you know, varietals? I haven't
1: too much. I mean, we've used red habaneros. We've, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, we're just getting, we've had, we haven't had a whole lot of luck. Like we stopped farming our own and started yep. working with farms because, you know, they ain't are doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> But also, oh, it's not easy to freaking farm the land and make the sauce and have another job yeah. and take care of your kids and your family and all that. You know, it's uh, plus we were outgrowing the piece of land that we had. So we would only grow the stuff that like we couldn't find anywhere else, like scorpions, primos. We had some scotch bonnets growing a whole bunch of those, ghost peppers. And then we're like... As we got more and more into the industry and ma- you know meeting people and going to events, we would meet these farmers that would go there or like the Bowers Chili Festival is actually on a chili pepper farm and in Pennsylvania. And they there's one of the farms right there we've been getting our ghost peppers from for probably five or six years. And they're amazing. They just they grow fantastic peppers. I've recently found some places in my area too, like right close to my home that I'm getting some great stuff from. But uh, yeah, honestly, there's, there's this one pepper, though, and I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of it, but it's called a Carbonero. Yes, no?
2: No.
0: I no, have no. I have heard of it, but I don't think I've ever actually had one. Gotcha. I'm
2: assuming it's a it's a off-breed from a Habanero.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's I think, two
1: or three different peppers kind of hybrid together. I forget. One of them's obviously a with something, a uh, ghost pepper of some sort, it looks like a cross between an orange habanero and a ghost pepper, but it's very mild, and it just tastes amazing. You 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 can pretty much just eat it. It's the heat level is probably between a jalapeno and a habanero. This guy Tony Sherwood grows it in Florida, and he was some dude that we got to be cool with in the very beginning. I forget. I think Austin did because when he started the farm, this guy like you know you know hybridizes all these cool like pepper combos. And he sent us some seeds. We grew carboneros in New Jersey and just started kind of messing around and made a few like just one-offs and whatnot. But the flavor was just amazing. It was like a habanero on another level with a little less heat and just so much more flavor. It was so tasty. I I would love to get my hands on some more of them. Haven't had them in a while, but yeah, they were very, very good.
0: I've grown a few habanero varieties that have little to no heat at all. And yeah. it's a similar account to what you're you're stating where you get the flavor of the habanero and there's in my mind anyways, there's a sense that the fuse has been lit and I'm just waiting for the heat to show up and it just yeah. never shows up. It's it's a really yeah. interesting thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah. One one of my farms grows a Trinidad seasoning pepper that it just, you feel, I mean, like the other Trinidad peppers, you feel like you're about to be hit. And I've been introduced it to my daughter who is not a hot sauce person at all. And, and, and she took a little bit and she was like, like her eyes got wide. She's like, oh my God, mom, what did you do to me? And then like, and then nothing. And then there was uh-huh. just nothing there. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Hey, Zach. What's up, you shit talking motherfuckers?
2: Oh,
4: hey, how you doing? Oh, dude, I got my ass handed to me today. Holy! Oh no! Fuck. I mean, it's a good thing. All right. Excellent. Yeah. I'm tired. I mean, if ass handed to you, you, might as well be with a side of some cash. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a good thing that Dana showed up, man. Otherwise, I I don't know what the fuck I would have done.
3: That's great. Awesome. Well, I think.
4: Oh, go ahead. What are we gonna say? What are we? What are we talking about? What's going on? Hot we sauce. We're talking We're about hot
2: sauce. We're talking about hot, hot sauce. sauce. I, know. Oh, I don't
4: <laughs> fuck hot sauce right now. I don't, I don't want to talk no more hot sauce for the day. <laughs> hey, let's
2: talk pastries. Funny. Let's go. Let's talk about lamination.
3: Yeah, we got <laughs> two pastry chefs going right now. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm
2: not a
3: pastry are, chef. Oh, oh right. that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're a yeah. baker.
4: Hey, John, you're, you're a pastry chef. Yeah. Yeah, I've been for God, too long. 20, 24 years. You don't look old enough to be doing something for 24 years.
1: I know, right? Yeah, I started you There you go.
3: So actually, my next question was going to be inspiration. Who in, in the hot sauce world inspires you? You know, different companies, different makers. Who inspires you?
1: You know, and this is definitely something that doesn't have everything to do with the sauce they make. Or, you know, it, it's not about like taste buds or anything. You know, they make nice stuff. But Maggie Dilly from DEF CON now, I know y'all, now you might know recently, John, her husband, passed uh, a year or two ago from COVID. And she just seamlessly took over and is crushing, just like John used to do, at all the events, continuing to make the sauces. The whole industry, all the friends of hers, you know, everyone that we knew rallied behind her to keep, you know, to you know give her whatever support we could give her you know but like i couldn't even imagine like losing not only your partner in life but in you know in in business but in life too and continuing to press on like she did is very very inspiring and the type of work that she does also she's like a first responder for you know like 911, basically. I forget. It's a town in New Jersey that she does like the dispatch or whatever and ends up on the scene sometimes of like some really crazy, horrific stuff day in and day out. And then showing up at hot sauce events on the weekends and crushing it and doing these like wing eating competitions and 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 just like shining like crazy so uh, she definitely is super inspiring like when any of us think damn you know this is a hard week man we got this and that going on and what am i gonna do it's like that's you know fucking look at look at look at what she's done you know and i know it's not always about comparing yourself to what other people are going through because everybody got their own struggle and this and that but it's just really something to you know it's just very inspiring that whole situation and what she's done with what she got dealt you know
3: yeah, I, I think yeah. in comparing in a positive way is usually a good thing. It's when you start going the negative way that it starts it turns out sour. That's awesome. absolutely and that that's
1: another yeah. thing that showed me what type of people are in this community. Uh that we were all there for each other and you know, we you know I really haven't met any Maybe not all of us.
4: <laughs> well, I'm not, <laughs> here, I'm not saying anybody here. I'm not saying anybody. But there are piece Both, of
1: shit motherfuckers yeah. in this community. Oh, yeah. But most of the people that I've, you know, either aligned myself with or that I am familiar with, we're all in this together and we all help each other out. We, uh, you know, I mean, if it ain't going to be like that, then, you know, I'm probably not going to have you in my corner anyway. But, <laughs> you know. It's good to see when it does happen, that it happens in a real big way. And those are the kind of people I like to, you know, keep company with.
4: Yeah, I agree. That's all. Your your accent is making me homesick, my friend.
1: What what, what are you talking to me? (laughs) Yeah,
4: you. I hear it. They might not hear it. I hear it. Oh, I hear it. Oh, yeah.
1: That's so funny because, like, I went and visited Oregon a couple of years back and they were like clearly you're not from around here i'm like talking about what do, you, what do you mean i'm like i'm from around here what do you mean what are you fucking talking about you know and they, they you know they, they get into the oh talk, talk like tony soprano come on let me hear it <laughs> you're italian let me hear it <laughs> yeah they're like oh my god dude like that's so cool you're from new jersey wow
2: I'm Claire George, I own Butterfly Bakery of Vermont. We make hot sauce, mustard, cookies, and granola, and 100% of our products are made with Vermont ingredients. The thing that I hear most often from people is that my hot sauce tastes like the peppers that are in it. We do really simple recipes that don't get too crazy and nitpicky just to really accentuate the, the flavor of the peppers that are in there. The unique thing about our hot sauces is how much we feature the farm and the relationship with the farm and really um, bring the terroir of Vermont to our hot sauces. I am pretty sure I am the number one purchaser of Vermont grown chili peppers. I would love it if there would be a legitimate pepper market in Vermont where people would know Vermont for its peppers. We're all better for supporting each other. You know, and I think. That part really shows itself with the collaborations that I do with the other businesses and the other farms that, that I love working together and coming up with new ideas and presenting each other with new challenges. And I think overall, that's the attitude here. And I absolutely love it because that's my attitude. I try to live my life with love. The ingredients that I use, I would say that my values are reflected in that, um, that I use ingredients that, again, feel good, feel loving, feel supportive. The relationship with the farmer was how it all began if i changed the reason for it being if i went out and bought some commodity peppers you know it might not be as good
3: <laughs> so hot sauce show and tell zach did you bring anything
4: i mean i have this high spice that i show and tells already sitting on the desk i've got to right. go
3: grab t- something so
4: i didn't you taste gotta, it so
3: oh okay that's right so i'm gonna go grab something i forgot It was a rough start.
4: I know. What? It's in in my kitchen. I'll be right back. What about Tim? Tim's notorious for not bringing anything. No, I actually (laughs) did bring one this time. Just (laughs) beforehand.
0: I was like, oh, shit, I should go grab something. Um, I I I grabbed something very quickly. This was uh, one that we made uh, in our facility for a local company. The company is Dodo Hot Sauce. They've got a cucumber garlic jalapeno. That they just brought to market, and what surprised me most about this sauce is that it was a pickle sauce, even though it's not described as a pickle sauce because you get that cucumber jalapeno blended together. And first tasting, I was like, "Oh, this is a fantastic pickle sauce," even though it's not called a pickle sauce.
4: Oh, all right. Uh, I, I like the fantastic. fact that they didn't call it yeah. a pickle sauce.
0: Yeah. Would you bring? Well, it, we're doing a show and tell here. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, I already tried a couple of these uh, Dragon's Blood Elixir sauces, and uh, they're they're very, very good. You know, I don't know if we're, you, you want to go for something like a try it on the spot thing. or Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what we're going but for. It. Okay. In that case, I was just given this at the uh, New York City Expo. This is, I don't know if it's... The, yep. yeah, yeah, I know what it goat, is.
2: Shishito, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. So I have not tried this yet. The bottle is still sealed. I'm actually, I'm pretty excited to try it. Jason and Roberta are awesome. And like I was saying before, they make some pretty rad sauces. So I'm digging it. Let's give it a shot. will open the sucker up and I don't even have a spoon or anything, but I'm just gonna do a little bump on the back of the hand, you know, like, uh, yeah, there you uh, go. I know what that's <laughs> in reference to.
3: Give it a little shake. You don't have to yeah. go in the walk-in first.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> a quick, a quick So I was you know, working pastry in my pastry station at this one restaurant in Jersey, which will remain nameless. And I kept noticing the, uh, you know, the, the Claire, those whipped cream siphons, right? I know. You know, you know yeah. the, so I kept noticing that the uh, whipped cream charger things from the siphons were disappearing and uh, I what was going on. So uh, one night I, after I went through, you know, I, I had what I needed for service, but afterwards I'm like, all right, I'm telling shit, I'm the, I'm like, dude, got to order these for tomorrow. I'm not going to have enough Saturday. I need it for service. I went out to my car and I forgot something inside. I come inside and no one else had left in the kitchen, but no one's in the kitchen. And I hear <laughs> all this giggling coming from the walk-in. <laughs> so I go and look in the little window. And I, as I'm walking towards the door, I hear <laughs> <laughs> they were all in uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. And you hear the little cartridges dropping on the floor. I'm like, oh my God, it was literally the head chef, the the freaking what is it? The the GM, the chef, the sous chef, the line cooks, they're all there <laughs> freaking <laughs> oh, doing wind charger. I'm nervous, goddammit. Oh, Yeah, love it. Okay, so yeah. here we are. Blistered shishito and garlic hot sauce. All right, here we go. Oh, it sits thick. Thick like a bowl of oatmeal. Look at that. Holy
4: yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking right. about. All right, here we
1: go. Ooh, mm, that is tasty. Very garlicky. Got that nice, like, pepper flavor. I mean, shishitos are, like, super freaking popular in restaurants. And apparently, the deal with them is like one in ten are hot, and the rest
4: aren't. So you I might wonder get a, if one in so, ten bottles has a little kick to it.
3: Hey, that's my joke.
4: <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, I, still I like, don't remember that. Yeah,
3: we we <laughs> talked about I we
1: talked it. about that sauce. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's real chill. Not a lot of you know, hardly any heat. Lots of flavor though. I want to make some freaking like chicken skewers with this. Grill them. Mm. It's not really yeah. grilling season right now, but hey, if I catch a good day. There you go. That's what I might do.
4: What are you talking but, yeah. about, man? It's always grilling season. Well,
1: I, uh, I'm, we're not allowed to, I live in an apartment, so we're not allowed to have a video. No. So I got it literally. It's like, it's funny because the courtyard down low, I'm on the second floor. The courtyard down low basically has everybody's grill. It looks like a grill graveyard. <laughs> there are the grills scattered about the landscape. Some of them look like they haven't been touched in freaking 10 years. Some of them look a little newer and nicer, better kept, but. You know, we got to go down and out in the yard and, you know, there's, you know, maybe I'll just plant freaking one of them umbrellas in the ground next to it and just go for it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, sounds too
1: cold for me, but
2: I like grilling in the winter. It's warm. I mean, the grill is warm, not the outside. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I go out there with some cocoa or a little hot toddy or something, you know? There you go. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got one, the uh, power jab. Diablo there you go there that's it I haven't tried this one I just took off the neckband as I was here but that was that was it I haven't tried it yet but I do have well I'm excited to try this sauce I do have a take in that I hate clear labels I can't read shit on this thing and I'm so excited to try it I did I actually just like took pictures of it and like zoomed in and then I was able to read what it was Um, and it sounds like a fantastic sauce but I mean come on put a put some white on the background there
3: Which reminds me that I skipped hot takes, so we'll have to do that after this.
2: Ooh, (laughs) making me cough already just by smelling it. It's got it's got a nice like oil layer on there. So ginger, I think I'm smelling. Oh, that has got layers. I really like that. It's uh, oh man, I want to marinate with that. It's it definitely it's separating pretty readily. So I have to I have to shake it up kind of constantly. But it's uh, it's got a real like. It's got ginger. It's got the the flavors come in layers. I've got, of course, I can't read what's in it, but but it's got a, a nice ingredient list
1: label. What? It's, it's a freaking clear label. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Um, That's a perfectly really fair hot this. take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I I really want to try this with. I really want to marinate some steak and and grill it. I want to marinate some steak and grill it. Yeah. I really like the ginger. It was probably I feel like I can taste like habanero. It's kind of got a Caribbean vibe to it.
4: Yeah, I really like that one. Awesome. You got spike.
3: Oh, okay. I thought you, I saw you shaking yours up. So hey, man. I, I can't remember if I've done this one before. I don't think I have, but it's Hologi's Baldur's Bane.
4: Uh, no, you did do a Hologie sauce, but I don't
3: believe it was that one. Yeah, I don't think it was this one either. Uh, I haven't tried anything from those guys. Not yet. That's good. Got the wrong glasses on for reading. <laughs> what do we got in here? White vinegar, yellow onion, orange juice, lime juice, jalapenos, Anaheim, cilantro salt. Simple.
4: Really, really, that neat. is super simple.
3: Yeah, interesting. If I had one thing to say, I'd put a little more salt in it. Other than that, <laughs> that's me. Oh,
4: yeah. orange you juice and you know,
2: cilantro that's an interesting combo.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah, uh, actually no. I do this Cuban style pork that's basically an orange juice marinade and it calls for cilantro.
2: Yeah, yeah. this is yeah, going over do, to the other
4: side where I can
2: we use do a every day. coriander and orange, which is, I guess, the same thing, but
4: yeah, also nice combo
2: yeah
4: all right high spice i've already shouted this one out before it's the papaya jerk sauce.
3: i think i forgot to link them i need to link well i'll link them this week so
4: that's fine yeah what do we got we got papaya maui onion thai chili cider vinegar parsley uh fucking cilantro god damn it <laughs> garlic maui honey brown sugar soy sauce wine sea salt allspice fine, cinnamon yeah you know jerk seasoning I don't taste cilantro, so it's fine. I test. really like it. I definitely want to put some grilled chicken. A little bit hotter than I thought it
1: was gonna be. Honestly, oh. I hate cilantro as like on its own. Mm-hmm. Like when they like throw a handful of cilantro on top of like a banh mi sandwich or on Thai food or whatever, I will just pick it
4: right the fuck off. But if you cook it into something, it's yeah.
1: different, right? Yeah. If you balance it right with the combination of other things that complement the cilantro. It, it really can bring something to another level. Like the green sauce that we make, the Garden State Green, that went through probably about eight months, six to eight months of R&D because I refused to put more cilantro in it. And it was actually <laughs> Austin that was like, dude, the only thing we haven't tried is adding more cilantro. I'm like, you ain't putting no more cilantro in that sauce. And he's like, dude, let's just try it. I mean, it's the only thing we haven't tried. I was like, all right, God damn it, we'll do it. And we added twice the amount of cilantro and lime juice than we originally started with, and that's what made the sauce.
3: I, it took, I, I love yeah. it when that happens. I hate it. I'm like, all right, all right, you,
1: you told me. All right, all right but it, it, yeah, but on its own, like, I would not just sit there and chop on freaking raw cilantro. I would rather, well, I, I was, I was going to say I'd rather eat goat cheese, but hell to the no. I, <laughs> Would probably take the
4: cilantro over the goat cheese. You don't like goat cheese? What's wrong with you? Wait, that's. I'll my put cilantro
2: th- on my goat cheese. That sounds great.
4: Yeah. 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 Throw on some goat cheese on a cracker.
2: Yeah. That's fantastic. Make I've some pickled that. onions with it.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> More. I, I am a cilantro fan <laughs> at all. I actually have a bottle of Claire's cilantro sauce that I will I try. Have sent you. Yeah. <laughs> no i'll try no try, Dana try it and then give
2: it away try it and give it away <laughs> well Dana,
4: Dana, Dana will eat it trust me Dana will love it it's fantastic yeah, yeah. yeah she'll just gnaw on like bunches of cilantro if they're <laughs> in the I, house
3: i want that to so i'll eat i like the stem better than the leaf that's how much i like cilantro i
4: mean it's <laughs> yeah i like that I, what now punch you. <laughs> I got the taste of asshole in my mouth.
2: Right? I think I've turned my husband into a cilantro <laughs> hater because I will put it on everything. I love the handfuls on the banh mi. Uh, I have reached a limit before, but it's rare. And I just want to put it in everything. And my husband's like, stop! Sorry,
3: I literally, when do. I get a bunch of cilantro, I start cutting at the end, the other end, and the, start the stalk with the, end. End. the stock. Yeah, wow. I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just who I am. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. So hot takes. We've already had a couple today. Do you have any, aside from vinegary sauces, any hot takes in the industry? I think I kind of have one forming, but I'll let you guys, some, a few other people go first. So, while I think about it, marinate on it. hot takes, uh, you know, honestly, I guess the only thing really is just, you know,
1: people that are, that are haters, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, I can't really think of that. I mean, yeah, you got your clear labels that clearly, clearly is pissed <laughs> off about, but you know, I fucking hate goat cheese, whatever, but there ain't going to really be any hot sauces with goat cheese in it. So that should probably be pretty safe there, but no, nah, I mean, I'm going to make, know. I'm going to make one. Yeah, I'll do it. You, yeah. you, you know, you, you know, we yeah. have
2: goat's milk, right? We could totally oh, cheese man, and put it in a yeah. hot sauce.
1: <laughs> just overnight it to me when you make it
3: so I can barf. Okay. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it would taste a little sauce. in it.
2: I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: that oh, caramel. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's sour, <laughs> it's sweet.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: She's got a goat's milk caramel. That's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. I don't know, John, if you know, it. Oh, yeah. we own another brand fat tone farm caramel and we go and pick oh. up goat's milk from the farm, bring it back, yeah. boil it down into like a, cajeta, like a dulce de leche type caramel. Yeah. yeah. Sounds cool. It's not as goaty as, yeah. as, as a goat <laughs> cheese. Like, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not that.
1: I, I really don't know what it is because like goat cheese makes so much sense in food and in terms of even desserts and pairings with things like hazelnuts and figs and people make cheesecake with it. And, you know, it goes so well with like fruit and it, it really has a multitude of compatibility in food. But uh, that stuff comes near uh, less than a freaking two inches away from my face. I start throwing up in
2: my mouth. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's it's the gag reflex, huh? Uh, it's I, said, I don't know
1: what it
2: is. It's got a distinction. It's got a, a, distinction. It's
4: got a distinction.
5: What's I that?
0: Cam? Camel milk. I saw camel milk at a health food store out this way about three, four months ago. Which kind of, I didn't try it. It may be delicious. I don't know, <laughs> but no, I was not adventurous adventurous enough to try camel milk. Camel I, milk. I would I'm say like the camel. camels camel. probably
2: stink less camel. than goats. Goats have a right. smell. I mean, not yeah. that I've been around a lot of camels, but I feel like camel milk would probably be more palatable than yeah, I mean, yeah. I, can, I love Vermont. goat's milk, but I understand that thing. Wait, camels in Vermont? Yeah. I think their humps would freeze.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah. And- I Well, we, we I think that we've already talked about the thin sauces and the labels, and there was one other thing. There was another hot take that we had. Tim, do you have any today?
0: Oh, you know, I'm, I'm racking my brain over here. I know I've given a few others yeah. on the on the previous that I've been been here with you, and I, I can't remember if one of them was reducers. Have we ranted and raved about reducers yeah. yet? We uh, I, I
2: officially call them fun stoppers now because of Zach. <laughs> yeah, so oh, yeah. that's go. their official uh, name, as far as I'm concerned.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, reducer.
2: Orphus reducer sounds awful.
4: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> sounds so. It like, sounds like something dirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fun stopper, which is <laughs>
0: so much better, which is apt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. They, no, we. I, I've
0: been racking my that... brain trying to come up with something recently that that really got me going, and I, I can't come up with anything. It's, it's been a you know pretty decent <laughs> few months I guess since the last time I was here. <laughs> Nothing really really raised my ire.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't have a very much. I do have. I, I think I went off on salt a couple weeks ago, and I'm still on that because every time I taste one that doesn't have enough salt in it, it pisses me off. Uh, genuinely if it's a it's like to me it's like a, going to a really good movie and it's like 90 percent of the movie is great and the ending sucks and it's like the worst ending possible that's what having a re, like a beautifully made sauce with not a not enough or no salt in it it just kills me and it's flat yeah but yeah. the thing that i so on the hot sauce group that everybody's on somebody was mentioning haters and something right. like that and and i get it but i i I worry when we start going after people that, like, there's a place for, the term is negative usually, but gatekeepers in the world, and they help keep things kind of balanced. And I think we need to call out people that aren't doing the process right for their sake and for ours. And when people get angry about that, I mean, it just gets ridiculous, and the and you know you get all these people that are like, "Yeah, haters suck," and and I got what you were saying, and you weren't talking about yeah. this, I, I, but I I think we need to have people, you know, Zach is always that guy, and it shouldn't always have to be that guy that's saying, "Hey, you need to clean up the way you're doing this." You know, you're taking pictures out of your kitchen, and you're sure. se- talking about selling it. You know, you're having a big season. That's that's not cool. No,
1: no, no, no. There's there's definitely a fine line there, you know. But when I see stuff like that, I try to like, you know, maybe not necessarily call them out there on the spot, but like I'll message them and be like, hey, dude. I'm just looking at from like a big brother sort of perspective and being like, look, are you doing X, Y, and Z? Because if you're not, you shouldn't be doing how doing it how you're doing. You should be following the proper protocols because the people that are have gone through great lengths to Do things properly, and it's not cheap. It's not easy, and there's a reason for it, and that's to keep people safe. And if you're not doing it right, you're going to hurt somebody. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to hurt each other.
2: And the rules were developed by the industry. I mean, it was it was the canned food industry that decided that we needed to have these rules because otherwise people were dying and customers were going to be terrified of the industry. And everybody thought that was a bad idea.
1: Got to yeah, you got to have those safeguards in place. You know, and it's it's one thing if you, you know, I mean, now there's enough resources out there where if even if you don't know better, you can still find out to the point where you're not thinking you're, uh, you know, you're selling stuff, you know, like having record sales this week or month and you haven't, you don't even know what a scheduled process is. You know, yeah. when, yeah. when I started, we had no freaking clue. There was very yeah, little yeah. information out there, which is Part of the reason why we started doing the co-packing is reaching out to people and being like, hey, we can help you get legit if you want to go down that road. But if not, at least if you want to keep it in your friends and family circle, whatever, but do it right. That's the bottom line.
4: You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I know what post you're talking about. I kind of briefly saw it. I mean, obviously, I was getting my ass handed me today. But you know, there are companies that continuously post the same but Oh, yeah, we're doing whatever we're doing. And it's gonna be ready whenever it's, you know, and it's like, they we've people reached out to that person, you know, and been like, hey, I don't think you're legit, like your labels, not hasn't gone through the fucking process, your ingredient list is fucked eight ways from Sunday, and then keep doing it. You know what I mean? So then it's like, at what point, are we being shitty people or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that we haven't tried or haven't brought attention to the fact that like, Hey man, maybe you should do this differently or, you know what I mean? And they just keep, so like, of course they're oh, gonna so. get hate. Hey, and I'm, I'm not,
1: if, yeah. If there's people that you've reached out to or, you know, that have, you know, basically said, yeah, don't worry, bro. I'm fine. And they keep doing it. At that point, yeah, you got really no other option but to be like, you need to freaking stop your shit. Yeah. And you try- and,
4: I mean, yeah. there, there's another – diploma- what's that? You've at least tried
1: to approach it diplomatically, but if they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? You yeah. ain't the boss of me. But at that point, it's not about who's being the boss or whatever. It's about just doing it yeah. right. Thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, a- so you're you're okay with hurting people and, and, and not doing things properly? Okay. Uh, That'd be on your conscience, but – I'm going to tell everybody I know not to freaking buy your shit.
4: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I'll, I'll call if they post or whatever. I'll just be like, hey, you know, you got to do X, Y, Z, this, that, and everything else before you can legally sell. You know, I'm not being a dick. It's just how yeah. it is. And if something happens, this is what could happen. You know what I mean? People sure. think I'm being an asshole. I'm not being an asshole. I'm just being direct. I'm just being direct. Uh, there is well, definitely dude, another I- maker that, like, kind of pushes the envelope a little bit and... I appreciate it because I kind of want to be that guy, but I, I don't.
0: I find that the majority of people that I bump into in that scenario are are at a point where they think they're doing the right thing and they just haven't, haven't quite gotten that last 10, 20%. Um, and it's just a matter of coaching and helping. And most exactly. of them want to do the right thing. It's yeah. it's when you reach that point of it. it's a conscious choice of like, you know, screw you, I won't do what you tell me kind of thing. I, I don't know uh-huh. what you do with that. There, there's not much I can do.
3: So yeah. it, it becomes a political thing, I, and I don't want to bring up politics. We know how that goes. But in general, it's like I'm not going to let the government tell me how to do this. Yeah. I don't want the government in my shit, and that becomes an issue because it's it, – it's the it always it, – to me, it's always the same people who are – and forgive me. I know this is going down a political thing, but it's the same people that are against people saying defund the police, but they're totally fine with not funding the FDA. And it's like, you know you do realize that's the same thing, right? That's the same thing. These are the food police. They help make sure that what we eat is okay. And we need to fund that as well.
2: Did you guys see, I think it was John Oliver's piece about the FDA versus the USDA?
5: Yes. Yeah.
2: And I, I actually didn't see it, but my husband did. He was telling me all about it. Uh, and, I would like the to difference between the funding stuff. on the USDA and the FDA is just... I mean, and, and obviously the the risk level is different with, you know, meat versus, yeah. you know, onions. But but it is it, it's 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 out, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy how much we don't let the FDA do. I mean, yeah. they can't force a recall like I don't most people don't know that. I mean, and that's that's pretty insane that they can't force a recall. You know, they they can make your life pretty miserable. You know, they can they can basically shut you down, but but they can't force a recall. That they if they if the the maker just is like nope, the FDA can't force it, which is just I Fuck mean, yeah, yeah, right. That's exactly well, right. well,
4: I mean, look look at look at our Hot Ones situation. I filed a complaint with the FDA because yeah. that copacker probably didn't even fucking investigate it. Really like, cool. Yeah. We'll make a make note of it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a glorious moment at the market today. Pima County Health Department rolled up to my boot. They're like, hey, do you make this locally here in Tucson? I'm like, yeah, I do. They're like, how come and i'm like because i'm fda and you don't want nothing to do with me and he's like no you're right see you have a good one (laughs) fuck away from me it actually
2: blows my mind that (laughs) i'm um, above the law i'm (laughs) above your law you know so we i mean obviously across every state we have different we're all probably every single one of us on here following different set of rules but it, it blows my mind that they don't that that your health department doesn't also inspect you you know that like, yeah, it, I mean, it, but, you know, every state's different. It's cool. But, you know, we're Vermont is pretty lax. You know, we're we've kind of got that that same. We don't have all the extra extra layers that Tim that you've got, which I I heard your oh, yeah. episode and those cannery release situations. Oh, my Lord. Um yeah. But but, you know, the fact that the health department is just like, nope, <laughs> like we're not we're not even going to touch it. I just find that crazy. I mean, our health department kind of looks around. They come in, they look around, they go, OK, it looks good. And 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 leave but that's because they've been coming to us for 20 years and aren't really concerned but yeah uh,
4: so but yeah if i if i ever get out of the shared kitchen space basically and build out my own spot what's going to happen is the local health department will come in make sure i have the floor drains and the right. okay. sink. oh okay. you know what i mean okay. but as far as like the regulation of the acidified foods so they don't right they have yeah nothing yeah. to do with it
2: yeah well it, you know so that that's also interesting because you're in a shared space. I hadn't thought of that. In Vermont, every every company, even if they're in the same space, has to have their own health department inspection. But I could see why why different states would handle that differently. So that makes sense.
4: It's the wild west.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the wild
4: west. <laughs> so I have a question for John. Did you did you share the story of your first batch of the black garlic? And that whole shit show? The one that you probably heard that story from Austin, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All
1: right. So, yeah, this was actually pretty wild. So we were making our sauce at the Rutgers Food Innovation Center, which is basically a incubator for, you know, brands. And they've got, like, the food scientist and the QC guy. It's like, you can go there and make anything, and they will show you the right, the right way to do it. Like, we learned everything we learned from these guys so and and i mean this dude was the most strictest quality control guy of everybody's ass you know looking at every little freaking detail like just the squint you know every every time you turned around he was like hey, what are you doing you know and <laughs> and we were like this guy's such a pain in the ass man just get away from me you know and it turned out he ended up saving our ass one time because we did a batch of the original sauce; it wasn't the black garlic, but we did original oh. black garlic at the same time. So it was two different kettles. We had 100 gallons each, and the kettles had agitators in them, almost like you know with a paddle on a KitchenAid mixer to keep yeah. the sauce moving. And we were we had the uh, we had it paused while we were blending it with the stick blender. And I guess what had happened after the sauce was made. You know, we went home like nothing, you know, we didn't, we're none the wiser. And the guy calls us up and he said, we got a problem. So what's the matter? He goes, you're bad. And this is also the importance of keeping batch records. Earl we would have had to throw away everything. But this guy goes to, when I examined the agitator before you made that one kettle of the original sauce and after it was missing a chunk off the blade. Which means somewhere out there in the freaking hundreds and, you know, whatever, thousands of bottles that we bottled, there was a little piece of plastic about the size of my pinky fingernail in one of the bottles. And there was no way to know which one it was. But we knew because of the batch records and the fact that he checked that part of that kettle before and after the cook that we narrowed it down to that one specific kettle. So what we had to do was dump the whole batch and redo yeah. it but had he not looked at that and we sent that out into the wild and somebody got a bottle with a freaking piece of plastic in it that could have been a big freaking problem
3: yeah. yeah well that's that actually sounds a lot like the scenario i tell to the, the people that are like you know i don't want to have rules or i don't you know yeah, i hate to say this but it's uh it tends to be because i'm a chef And it tends to be other chefs when they get into the industry, they don't understand it it, that they're, it's just more strict than being in the kitchen and tossing things in and changing things. Sure. And so they're just like, I can do what I want. So I always tell them, you know, you might, you probably can do what you're probably totally capable of making a perfectly fine sauce. And producing it and putting it out but that one time that you get an you know a message from your spice people that there's pieces there was shards of metal in some spice they sent out in the garlic they sent out and that there's a recall on that you aren't going to know how to deal with that because you've done no recall plan. You've got nothing set up. You don't know what to do. You don't know where that has gone. And that's why all of this stuff is so important. It may have nothing at all and probably would have nothing at all to do with their process at all. Sure.
2: We were Actually, uh, but- tied up in that whole peanut recall that was back 2010, something like that, peanut butter. I mean, that was just, oh, yeah. that oh, was yeah. the salmonella, peanut, yeah. and our peanut butter was not, but our peanuts were... And we just lucked out that every product that had peanuts in it was baked past a point of 170 and, and we didn't end up having to actually recall anything, but, but if it hadn't at the time, we were still a really young company and didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a recall plan. We would have literally had to pull every single one of those products from the market. And, and after that, I was like, let's, let's fix that. Let's make that better because, you know, nowadays, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah.
4: like three weeks ago, I got an email from Cisco, because, you know, I, I buy these onions and a recent batch of these onions tested positive for salmonella. And they're like, Oof. but luckily, I have It's been so long. It was, you know, since I've purchased these onions, like this was, thankfully, most more recent than I purchased. So it didn't really affect me. But because it was in my my sales log, they had to send me the email.
3: Well, and you cook, you yeah. have to heat, you always heat yours above 200 anyway, it would be fine. Oh, yeah. It's like chicken. Yeah.
4: It,
0: it's not a, it's not a question of if you will get some sort of notice like that, if you're in the industry, it's when, I mean, yeah. it happens yeah. every month yeah. you get that email of this thing is wrong. That thing is wrong. Um, and, and like Zach, sometimes you get contact from Cisco that, Hey, be on the lookout for this, be on the lookout for that. Like if, if you don't have those notes and if you don't have that, that traceability, then, you know,
3: what are you doing? The whole reason I wanted to do this podcast or not, Zach and I would talk on the phone and we would go on and on about all these people that we'd be dealing with. And it dawned on me that the best way to change that and make it better is to not always just have to go after people, but to create a conversation that they want to be a part of where things are being done the right way. And that's kind of what this is about. It's also about highlighting hot sauce companies all over the country that are doing a great job. But the main thing that drove that was trying to address it in a positive way. I hope that we're doing that. Sometimes I feel like, you know, we're not, but I feel like for the most part we are.
1: It can most definitely be addressed in a positive way and like, you know, a, a way that you can extend what, you know, you've learned onto somebody else and... You know, give them, you know, uh, some advice and some guidance to be able to do the right thing and point them in the right direction. But yeah, again, whereas most people, are going to, you know, be like, I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. Or, you know, it it, it depends, like, you know, the type of person or, you know, the sensitivity level of whoever you're talking to and how they take it. You never know, you know, someone could be like, yeah, well, well, like we were saying before, oh, you're not the boss of me. You don't got to, I'll do what I want, you know. You might have a few of those knuckleheads that aren't thinking that they're going to, that what they're doing is going to create any any situations or any issues. But I think for the most part, people approached the right way with, you know, that in mind, are gonna wanna do the right thing. You know, I recently came across some people at an event I was at and I saw they didn't even have barcodes on their bottles. They had no label. I mean the labels were missing a lot of key information. I just I kinda just had a feeling that there was something up and I was like, Yeah, you know, uh, we got no. into like a little talk with them and i was like yeah you know well, what P, what pH phu these at and they're like oh. i'm like oh <laughs> who, who do you go to get your process authority from I, i'm looking for a guy you know and they're like what's that i'm like all
4: right i'm like well, how does a, a company like, like how does a company like that even get to an well, event because
1: i feel like because the events don't check for that shit no they don't well, it, depending the on the events, kind of event
2: too they don't even know to look for it you know if it's a sure. craft show they're not going to know to look they for
1: know to you know processes or to yeah. see your fda accreditation or whatever your you know lacf any of that stuff they don't know like you're saying yeah. they look for that. they just want to see you have your food handler certificate all right great you're in yeah you know that's all that most uh, places will ask for but yeah when it comes to fda stuff your, your local health department that's responsible for, you know, taking paperwork from a vendor for an event likely isn't going to look for that, whether they know about it or not. So,
4: yeah, I mean, I'd have to say. I, I feel like some of the larger events get some questionable products, man.
1: Honestly, I've, I've, I can't say I've attended an event where they've asked for that ever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it, and it's, it would be hard for an event to even ask for, they're not going to ask for, I mean, they could ask for a schedule process, but they're not going to ask for every schedule process. I mean, you know, that the, they're the they're health department ask. gives you a certificate and I guess they could ask for your latest FDA inspection, but if you're less than three years old, you might not have one at all. Yeah. Um, well, and also
1: they barely ever visit sometimes. Like I haven't gotten a visit in freaking like two years. You better yeah, well, knock on some motherfucking wood.
2: Dude. We we just had our inspection. And they know, like
1: I've been in contact with the FDA rep saying like, hey, you know, it's been a while because we were looking to get involved with a distributor, and the distributor wanted to see a more recent inspection. That's mm-hmm. the people that are usually asking. Like if you get involved yeah. with a supermarket chain or or some type right. of distribution network, they want to see all that stuff because they know about it. So. We were like, you know, know, can you come and inspect us? And they were like, we're tied up, man. They're like, they literally sent me a, a, on like company letterhead, a letter saying, hey, these guys are cool. Let them go. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I'm like, Uh, but what if we weren't?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, back to the FDA being cash strapped.
3: I've been thinking a lot lately, and this is kind of changing the subject a little bit, but based on. The story you told us, I've been really thinking about. I think it would be fun to do an episode coming up here where we focus on equipment. Yeah. Um, get a bunch of us on <laughs> here and talk about the different things we use. I mean, pH meters, even, you know, just talking about which ones we use, how we go about things. You know, Claire, you've talked about the different kettles you have. I'm just mm-hmm. starting to get into that world. Zach and I are going <laughs> to, he's going to help me out a little bit with it because I have, not my brain does not wrap around that kind of stuff um so i have to once i learn something i'm good but i have a hard time conceiving of it yeah so i think it'd be fun
4: and i'll say like i know tim it's pain in the ass to go through what you got to go through but you're probably not that any of us are really going to have a problem but i feel like you have less of a problem or potential problem
0: we definitely have more eyes on us for sure and they will yeah. catch any problem before it really becomes a problem. I mean, from yeah. the from the point of inspection to release. I mean, if there's a problem with the pH, we're going to catch that almost immediately. We send that off to the state uh, so they can run it in their own labs after we've done it with the inspectors. So there's another level of accountability. They've already reviewed the recipes, so even before we run anything, there's a layer of accountability. So yeah. it is a pain in the ass, but at the same time, it's it's. I think it's the way that it should be done uh, to protect everyone involved, you know, from us as the manufacturer, the brand owner, they can be sure that what they're getting is quality. The consumer, they can be sure that what they're getting has already been put through, you know, several tests along the way. So, I mean, there's degrees on the spectrum for sure. And ours is, (laughs) you know, pretty far on this side, but from a safety perspective, it's it's not the worst thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And if we were to all even without having those regulations try and get near that, I think it would be a good thing.
4: Yeah, so, You know, yeah. Can't, it definitely can. So happen. Maricopa County is kind of starting to follow suit with California. So it's probably only a matter of time before it travels down here to Pima County. But uh, my buddy, Paul at Big Reds, like they had the county health department in their kitchen for like a month straight writing the book on acidified foods so that there was accountability to not accountability, but there was someone overseeing the manufacturing of hot sauce. Like a like QC guy
1: that they just planted there, huh? What's that? Well, like a QC guy that they just kind of planted there temporarily. Well,
4: it was Maricopa County Health Department, but they were like, hey, man, we noticed that the FDA is not like regulating any of this like they're supposed to be because they're short-staffed and under, you know, underfunded. So the county yeah. stepped in and started doing basically what they do in California
1: yeah no i mean we we were taught to keep really tight batch records that place that i told you about with that really hardcore qc guy he was a pain in the ass but he taught us really 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 well and we follow suit because we you know if we're gonna go through the trouble of making it we want to make sure it's made right it's made well and you trace everything back down to where you know it came off the freaking boat, you know. Yes, as well as we can trace it, at least. And uh, I mean, every time we've had inspections, we've passed with flying colors. We actually, this one time, and this was not nerve wracking at all. We had the FDA inspector, the state of New Jersey, the county of Sussex, and the town of Andover all in the room at the same time <laughs> while Ow. we were making two new sauces that we had never made in mass production before oh. they may have required some like they just chose to show up i mean i mean we we aren't there every single day or at the time we weren't there every single day so we had to tell them when we were going so at least kind of had that little bit of a leg up we knew they were coming but if you operate in such a way where you almost always treat it like they're gonna show up, yeah yeah there's never any thing to hide and you're not scrambling at the last minute like i'm sure all right. chefs uh, that have worked in restaurants where they got stuff all over the floor and walk in blah 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 distract
2: them bring, the, the, bring them to look at this area so we can clean up that area and then they're <laughs> the calling area. people down the road <laughs> saying that they're going to be on their way next yeah like why yeah
1: there's been crazy like on the fly health inspections during service, during a wedding, at places I've worked. And it's like the second they walk in the door and the hostess sees the clipboard, they're on the radio, you know, get the shit on the floor, you know, and they, they're like intercepting them. Oh, can I, would you like a drink, sir? Okay. No, I was going, oh, come on. They do everything to like slow them down before they get to where everything's totally fucked. And <laughs> it, it's like, if you just did it right the whole time, I know. It's hard sometimes, especially in restaurants, when do you ever, A, fully staffed and or have plenty of space to keep everything you need in and off the ground or however it needs to be according to the rule. And yeah, so you're scrambling a lot of times the last minute, you know, but with what we're doing, it's a little different too, because it's not just like keeping a box of lettuce on the floor versus, you know, if you don't cook your sauce to the right temperature or the right pH, that it'll... Kill somebody, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's the but difference so, of making one yeah.
2: person sick versus uh, you know, sure. a thousand right. people sick.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that that many levels, levels of government were tripping all over themselves trying to figure out where their jurisdiction began <laughs> and the other one. Is this you? Is this you? Is this
1: me? Who, who is this? That, they literally <laughs> just stood next to one another in line in the same spot almost the whole time just watching us occasionally uh, one of them, but oh, you go this time. And they would go and just kind of look a little, okay, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. And then they'd step back and the other person had stepped forward and then they'd look around and then step back. And it was like that all day. And then the only person who wanted to interview each of us at the end was the FDA inspector. The other ones went home and then they signed off and that was it. Yeah. but Yeah. All of them at the same time. It was crazy. Yeah. Fuck that. yeah.
3: So, okay. Last thing. Do you have any questions for us? And you got a lot of us. So if you, yeah. You, yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Gosh, I'm going to say I got a couple right here.
1: And we already talked about some, you know, the hot take stuff and all that. Um, but, you know, real quick, I freaking hate goat cheese and I've already made that very clear. But in <laughs> terms of ingredients, what do each of you absolutely undoubtedly cannot freaking stand in terms of an ingredient in? Either a sauce or a food item. The one and only absolute worst one.
4: Bullshit oils. Like processed garbage fucking oil in sauce or any food really kind of... I won't eat it. I won't eat it.
0: There's not a lot that I won't eat, to to be honest. I'll try anything once. Uh, But if I'm looking specifically at a hot sauce and I see a red dye number 43 or a (laughs) yellow number 87... Yeah, it puts me off a little bit. I, mean, I still try it, but you know, it's kind of puts me off a little bit.
1: So like, yep, yeah, like preservatives and artificial crap and you know, filler yes. material, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, specifically colors, you know, when yeah. they when they <laughs> call it out. I don't, I don't know why. Gotcha. What about you, Claire?
2: Gosh, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm like Tim, I'll try I'll try anything. I, I I, I'm not a big fan of gums and and I've learned that like they're they they can be done well and they can be used well but often sauces that have gums or salsas that have gums that's even worse for me will have a texture that really just it, I really like tomatillo salsas and often to deal with the water there they'll I don't know, a lot of gums. So I've had sauces with gums that I enjoy, Spike. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I was going to say, I actually
3: like that texture. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. And, you know, and I, but I've had some that just, I, I tend to stay away if I see that in the ingredient list, because I'm not sure.
4: We have a tomatillo avocado salsa that they used cornstarch in instead of gum.
2: It, well, you know, so I actually, as a baker, and actually I'm primarily a vegan baker. So we do use cornstarch and arrowroot as an egg replacer a lot. And oh, no. and so I found fun places to use those. And I, and so I actually like cornstarch better than arrowroot in any sort of saucy way, because arrowroot make things feel like snot in your mouth.
3: <laughs> I, I use arrowroot. <laughs> yeah. I
2: love arrowroot. <laughs> well, obviously, obviously we're talking about a volume difference. Yeah, yeah. we actually oh, yeah. don't use very much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I like arrowroot as a, I mean, it's isn't it, isn't it, arrowroot like a, a pest plant? So, like, use, using it is, like, good? <laughs> is it, yeah. I think, I think it's, like one it's one, of, a, I think I remember invasive, learning that. It's what?
1: What is it? It's, like, invasive or something? The...
2: I, yeah, I think it was invasive or it's something. And I feel like using an invasive forget, is never yeah. a good thing because then it causes it to grow more. But I remember it was a good thing to use as opposed to corn, which is, you know, yeah. kind of massively destructive. Sure. Um, So, but I like it. I I love it as an egg replacer. I use it as an egg replacer in all of our baking.
3: I actually, Arrowroot, I'm curious about this, the the using cornstarch because the cornstarch is not going to hold up to the acid very well, which is why Arrowroot works better for us in our sauces because Arrowroot stands up, not completely, but stands up much more to acid and doesn't break down. Um. That's why we chose it. Uh,
4: let me go grab that jar real quick. Yeah, that's, yeah,
3: honestly, that's interesting.
2: I've never worked. I've never worked yeah. with cornstarch or air root, in acidic environment, so I hadn't thought about that.
3: We tried it, and yeah. everything just separated.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was
3: early on. We we have a client
2: use who uses pectin and xanthan gum to thicken their sauces, and and they react together to yeah. to kind of leave. But we still deal with separation in their sauces. Too, okay, so. what do
3: we got here? We use it. We use that in our our bizarro sauce, the cranberry habanero, and it works very Which, well.
2: Which, if I don't know how much you guys have worked with pectin, I we had a copac client who was doing a pectin based sauce. It was basically like a spicy runny jam. And and we the just the vast difference in how different pectins have to be treated and handled is just staggering. And we ended up in like long phone calls with like scientists at DuPont to make sure that we were like handling this in the right way and making sure that it wouldn't break during the bottling process and that it would stay solidified. And uh, I mean it was just
1: there's quite a few varieties like you're saying, all, there's quite a few varieties, like you're saying, and there's, yeah. they're, all of them react differently depending yeah. on, some react with calcium uh, presence, right. act with the sugar, or it, it really depends, acid, fats, it, it yeah. It really, what? it really varies a lot. And it was I funny gotta,
2: because we were actually working with two different pectins at the same time from two different Copac. We were doing a jam and we were doing the salt sauce, and one- broke down as you cook it longer and the other one got got more firm as you cooked it longer you just, like, <laughs> i got
4: a pectin i got a pectin sauce right there strawberry preserves. Oh, nice.
2: yeah yeah
4: so after looking at this salsa i'm gonna go ahead and say it's hmm. not acidified so probably why they use well, corn starch yeah
2: the well i mean it doesn't well but it's still a high acid environment from the tomatillos
4: probably not they i
2: mean know. are you gonna get killed But no, I mean, we don't, (laughs) we generally don't add citric acid to our tomato products because we don't have to, uh, because it's, it's got a high enough pH or low enough pH. Sorry. (laughs) High High enough acidity, low enough pH. Yeah. High enough acidity, low pH. I do that all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think gum used in the right amount can give you a great texture. And... I've never had any problem using it. The reason why I began using it was because I used it a lot to thicken sauces and pastry. Uh, when yeah. you need quick puree sauce for a plate, whatever, it, you, you can use, incorporate it cold, hot, whatever. And it a little goes a long way. You know, you can yeah. get by hundred gallon kettle with maybe like anywhere from seven to ten ounces of this stuff. You know, and that's
4: nothing. Oh, yeah. You mean 3.75 pounds and 15 gallons of water for a hundred gallon kettle is not fucking normal? <laughs> that seems high. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Seems high. <laughs> you you mo- know exactly what I'm talking about, Tim. You know exactly what I'm talking
3: on the, about. On the highest end, the most we would ever I think we've ever used would be like 0.13%, maybe 0.14%. Uh, for a batch we won't go any higher than that because it gets weird and i don't like that weird that's that texture um so keeping it lower usually point uh point one two percent is exactly where i like to be
1: yeah yeah i mean we're we we don't want it to get high enough where it gets that snotty effect ever yeah so you know obviously you know we want to keep it where the mouth feel is pleasant and not like yeah you know, jalapeno flavored snot or the poisons in the your dose. nose, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I've I mean, this. Well, the taco sauce right behind you there. Claire has got some in it. So we'll see. And see, obviously
2: it doesn't clearly turn me off because the, uh, yep, there we go. And I'm, and I still really like this one. This was the one that I, I tried there. And I think this was one I bought and, uh, but, you can but definitely yeah, so
1: it are for sure. But it you will know, w- see- I, you know, you, you do it enough and you you find that happy medium. In the beginning, there may have been a little fluctuation where we were still figuring things out, but, you know, we, we pretty much got it down at this point.
3: When we first started, the one of the first batch, we have a, actually, it'll be coming out in about a month, a, a grapefruit habanero that we do. And that was one of our first sauces, and we didn't put the arrow, or the xanthan gum in correctly and didn't blend it enough. Got the chunks going. Oh yeah, the the nodules. <laughs> the, the they look like they look like gummy worms in the sauce. Yeah. Oh, and what's wrong cool. with this? Cool. You got worms, bro. Oh, that was nasty. We had to throw the whole batch out.
4: All right, folks. I love you all dearly, but I am fucking exhausted. So yeah, yeah. I gotta go. Cool. Yeah, we, <laughs> need,
3: we need we need to, we need to end it. We are yeah. Th- Thirty minutes past It's time cool.
4: to yeah.
3: yeah. I know it goes fast. Uh, we've yeah, yeah man
4: that's a, that is the problem with this podcast man we would sit here and probably talk all fucking night if someone didn't be like yeah. that's
1: it all right <laughs> well, well, on a final note man it's been really cool rapping with all you guys <laughs> i appreciate you having me on and hearing all the you know shit i'm spinning and you know re- really cool to get to you know finally talk to you zach i don't even think we've ever This your again. man
4: well my voice is a little weird right now because i don't have any fucking teeth but I'm uh, so,
1: on it. But no, it's cool to put the faces to the names and, and
4: have some conversation
1: with you all. It's been it's been real. It's been cool. Thank you.
3: John, I'm gonna send you an email with everybody. I, I want to definitely want to get your address. I'd like to send you some sauce and likewise, the, likewise, please.
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: let's all let all up. <laughs> we gotta trade ketchups. That sounds awesome. <laughs> definitely yeah, Sounds good. So
4: well, you know I'm not a ketchup fan, John, and he I have a bottle of spikes ketchup in my fucking
3: refrigerator it's, it's delicious right i'm looking forward to trying it awesome man thank you i'm looking forward to trying yours i saw that and my eyes lit up i was so excited <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get
1: much more jersey than that man
3: <laughs> that's awesome well i'm not i'm a, I'm a west coast guy but my entire family is from new jersey so all right go. <laughs> nice.
1: you got the ties uh, nice. man well thank right, you guys. so much
3: john yeah have a good one
1: yes you as well take care everybody all right Yeah, good good night. Thanks,
3: everyone. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, was brought to you by Butterfly Bakery of Vermont, High Desert Sauce Co., and Iris Spikes Unique Hot Sauces and Vandal Pepper Sauces. This has been a Spike Mine Media Production.